chapter 15. We have been doing the book of Psalm uh, for many, many weeks already in our Sunday school. Oh, sorry. Um, and um, we, we enjoy it, and I believe that um, we, we have a very good, you know, um, lessons that we learn from the book of Psalm, chapter 1 to 18 so far, and we have not uh, we are just um, halfway through uh, with chapter 18, and we look forward to, um, you know, uh, finishing that uh, in, in, in coming many, many weeks maybe from here. But Psalm chapter, the book of Psalm chapter 15 is our uh, topic tonight, and we will see what the Lord um will do to us as uh, we go along with this um, chapter of um, chapter 15. Let's, um, let's read that. Hold on. Um, I'm not ready yet. Psalm chapter 15. Right. Okay. Uh, let us... Read this together. There are only uh, five verses of this chapter. <clears throat> and let's take a look at this. If you are there, let's read responsibly. Or let's read together verses 1 to 5. There are only five verses. So let's read this all together. Ready? Verse number 1. Read. Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? And who shall dwell in thy holy hill? He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness... And speaketh the truth in his heart. He that backbiteth not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor, in whose eyes a vile person is contemned, but he honoreth them that fear the Lord. He that sweareth to his own hurt, and changeth not. He that putteth not out his money to usury, nor taketh reward against the innocent. He that doeth these things shall never be moved. Our Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, once again for this uh, great instruction. How are we going to live our life here on earth? Because this is the kind of people that you are going to um, deal with, especially for all eternity in heaven. Lord, um, as we contemplate upon these words, I pray that you will speak to our hearts, O God, and if there are things in our, in our ways, in our life that are not in accordance to your will. And Lord, please um, uh, call our attention and Lord, uh, speak to us and help us, Lord, to um, attune, to, to get attuned to your will and to your way. And bless us tonight and thank you for this uh, passage of scripture and help all of us, O oh God, to understand this. And help me also as I deliver your word to your people. And thank you for that great opportunity that you have given to me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Again, this is the uh, Psalm of David, chapter 15. This outlines the terms of friendship between God and man. And we can entitle this message, The, um, the Citizens of Heaven. So that's, that's really... Um, what I can call this, or perhaps we can call it um, the citizens of Zion. But heaven is good. Uh, we are Mount Zion, and this is our, our place where we worship. Uh, but this is um, talking about 
David, King David, uh, he wrote this psalm and he outlines the, the terms of friendship. This is like a word picture drawn of the people who will inhabit God's eternal abode, God's eternal place where um, the Lord, you know, um, um, will, will, will live with us for the rest of eternity. And he called his place that holy hill, the real Zion, the place where God dwells, the place, the, the habitat of the Lord our God. Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle and who shall dwell in thy holy hill? And again, this is a brief but wonderful, um, wonderful psalm that presents to us a picture of true citizenry of heaven, the true citizenship of Zion. And again, um, uh, we, will, we will understand this as we go along with this verse, but this psalm perhaps um, may be said to be ethical rather than evangelical. That means um, this will show us that we will we will you know, encounter and see how is it to uh, live a life that is expected by God for those people who are going to dwell in His holy hill. And the Lord will, will show this to us in later perhaps and in, in, the, in the message and we will see how this message will go. Dwelling in God's holy hill. This is uh, David, uh, whose life, uh, in his own opinion, is characterized by his holiness, according to God's righteousness. And we understand that holy living life that is characterized by, by um, um, righteousness, the Lord will reward it. The Lord will give rewards to those people who strive to live godly, despite of uh, you know the, the animosity between right and wrong in this world and it's easy for us to side with the wrong but we strive to side with the right and that is acceptable unto the Lord so here um, those who will dwell in God's tabernacle those who will dwell in, in God's holy hill in God's habitat these are the things that are expected there. Those people who walk uprightly. Those people who, um, who, walk right, uh, who work righteousness. Who speak truth from their hearts. Those people who do not speak or backbite their neighbors. Backbite with their tongue. Those people who will not, who will not do evil against their neighbor. Those people who will not bring reproach upon their neighbor. So there's a lot of things about our neighbor. And here you can see that um, we are really commanded by God. He's really focused about, uh, put emphasis on our man, you know, human relationship. Our neighbors, our friends that we know. And he's commanding all of us even to love our neighbors as ourselves. And that is 
um, really beyond of what we can naturally do. We can respect our neighbors, but to love our neighbors and ourselves, that is beyond um, that our, this mortal flesh can do. But again, we have the Lord that will help us to do that. The Lord Jesus Christ loved his neighbors and even gave his life for his neighbors. And that's us. In, in Matthew chapter 22, verse number 27, Matthew 22, verse number 27, this is where uh, the Lord Jesus was talking to this person who asked him about who is his neighbor. And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the neighbor, and said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. And this is the, the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So you, you see here that the Lord is commanding us to love our neighbors. And also, um, we are experiencing, you know, sometimes uh, uh, bad uh, experience with people, but the Lord wants us to love our neighbors. But there is also one here in, in verse number, if I'm not mistaken, in verse number, in Psalm chapter 15, and verse number uh, where is this? Verse number four. In whose eyes a vile person is contemned, but he honoreth them that fear the Lord. He that sweareth to his own hurt and changes not. The first phrase, the first phrase, in whose eyes a vile person is contemned. In other words, uh, there is this something, although God wants us to love everyone, to love our enemy, but the Lord placed that in the hearts of the righteous people. The contempt towards towards those that are vile towards those that are um, that are uh, people who are uh, like ungodly so the Lord placed that in the heart of the righteous person we are not advocating hatred or or harboring hatred in our hearts but uh, this is just the natural inclination of a righteous person to hate evil men, to to hate vile people, and again, um, it's not contradictory to what God commands us to do—to love our neighbors. Uh, but we have that contempt to those people who are ungodly, those people who oppose against God, those people who fight against the Lord. And some, let's take a look at this: um, Psalm one hundred thirty-nine. Psalm 139, and in verse number 17, Psalm 139, verse number 17, verse number 17, it says that, How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. Surely thou wilt slay, thou wilt slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, ye bloody men, for they speak against thee wickedly. 
and thine enemies take thy name in vain. Do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee? And am not uh, and am not I grieve with those that rise up against thee? I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them mine enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Oh, I hope that this is our prayer. This is, this is a beautiful, uh, you know, uh, wordings here uh, by the psalmist. And it tells us that, you know, this is where the natural hatred towards those people that hate the Lord. If you see someone that hates, hates the Lord, we will, we will, you know, we will, have, um, we will feel contempt. This is what the, the, the text in Psalm 15, verse number 4 says that he, um, uh, in whose eyes a vile person is contempt. And again, um, uh, this person that will dwell in Zion, that will dwell in the holy hill of God, this is the person... That, that, that swear to their own detriment and still honor it. What does it say there in verse number, verse number 4 again? In whose eyes a vile person is contempt, but he honoreth them that fear the Lord. He that sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not. What does it mean? That means that you make a deal. Upon signing that deal, Later on, you, you realize that, oh, I'm in the losing end. Oh, what a mistake. Oh, no, I have already said yes to that. And because you have said that with your word, you will take it. You will take the loss for the sake of your word. That is what God is saying. This is the kind of people that will dwell this is the kind of attitude. You, we, we cannot normally do that. We change our mind. Oh, oh it's not sealed yet. Oh, it's not, it's not final yet. I take, I take my word back. Because you don't want to be at the losing end. And then, again, for the sake of the Lord, the Lord will not leave us nor forsake us. Then for the sake of the Lord, we will take it at a loss. And we will just pray that the Lord will help us to avoid something like that in the future. But for the sake of God's testimony in our life, we will take the word and we will, we will absorb the loss upon ourselves. This is what the verse is saying. Here again, notice this verse. In verse number four, uh, last phrase, He that sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not. Many people, not natural people, they will change it because they can change it. But for Christians who love the Lord, they will not change it because it's already been said. And our word is like our signature. When we put our signature, that's it. And this is exactly what God is, expected, uh, is expecting from Christians like you and me. Now this is tough because this will cause us you know, will cause us and will make us on a disadvantage. But again, if we will just honor the Lord in our life, then we will, the Lord will, will recover us whatever losses we have. And in fact, He will give us more. And you see, another thing that uh, we can find in here is um, 
this the people that that dwell in Zion the people that will be dwelling in that place are the people who will not collect money through usury they will not put their money in the uh, usury and 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 put their money there and increase wildly because of the unreasonable interest that they charge those people that borrow their money so people who do not collect usurious um, money another thing that you can find there is that those people that do not take advantage of the innocent when you see there is this guy who doesn't know anything then he will take advantage of that and cause that person you know to to, um, to be disadvantaged because they lack the knowledge that is also not acceptable to the Lord and the Christian people these are the people that will not take advantage of the innocent you see the, the, the psalmist described this from verses number two to verse number five and again um, this is not mainly the requirement for us to get to heaven because the proper requirement for us to get to heaven is not this list here, but rather the Lord Jesus Christ in our heart. The Lord Jesus Christ is our requirement to get to heaven. And the Lord is just placing this before us today so that we will know that these are the characters. These are the, the kind of people. These are the, the common inhabitant uh, of of. Uh, um, Mount Zion, the common people in, in that place that the Lord dwells. There's no uh, unrighteousness in that place. So the, the one that will understand all these uh, qualities that are listed from verses number 2 to 5, all of us will understand that this can only be achieved, only be achieved in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ in our life. You accept the Lord Jesus Christ, then you can be, you know, a candidate going to that place of God's abode, God's habitat. And only through Him, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 8 and 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. In Titus chapter 3, verse number 5, Not of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us. By the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse number 12. Hebrews 9, verse number 12. It says, Neither by the blood of goats and cows, but by his own blood, he entered into once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer, sprinkling and clean, sanctifies to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ? Who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot uh, to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. So the reason why we can get to heaven, the reason why we can inhabit God's uh, place of abode is through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is the only way that we can get to heaven. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 18. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 18. The Bible says, For as much as you know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your, from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ 
as of a land without blemish and without spot, who verily was ordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifested these last times for you. So the Lord has already manifested this through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, that um, we will have our place in heaven, we will be in heaven with the Lord. And that is the only way, and there's no other way, for He said, I am the way, I think that is in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So here you see that uh, the question, the psalmist raised to God, who shall dwell in thy holy hill? Lord, who shall dwell in thy holy hill? So the Lord answered him and listed those characters and those qualities. These are the people expected to be there. These are the people who really love the Lord. Now, he, they don't mind about earthly things. And they are not very much affected with the, with the, with the uh, uh, you know, um, news of the world. They are not very much affected with what's going on in this world. So the, the heavenly citizen is one who is charitable towards his neighbor. Charitable. This person loves his neighbor. This person loves souls. Uh, he doesn't, you know, um, qualify these people. He, he will not uh, look at, oh, this, these people are good looking and these people are, uh, uh, they are, um, you know, prim and proper. Uh, these people are, are uh, decent people and then you will respect this and you, don't, you despise the others. No, these people, they are charitable towards his neighbor, especially those neighbors in need. And that is what is being said here in verse number 3. Verse number 3 of our text, Psalm 15. Verse number 3, He that backbiteth not with his tongue, he, nor doeth evil to his neighbor. And he said, and Nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor. So God is really putting emphasis on of our neighbor because sometimes we do not care our neighbors. We only care about ourselves. We only care about, you know, what's good for us. We do not really care about what's good on others. We do not care. Oh, I thank the Lord that uh, many of our people went to rest home. And those people in rest home, you know, they are old. They are, they are you know, uh, uh, they, have, they have lived their lives. And sometimes uh, people will not care. Even the families do not care. How much more other people? But we care. We care. Why? Because God wants us to care. God is putting so much emphasis on our neighbor. And those people in the rest homes are also our neighbor. They are also, you know, waiting on God. They are also people perhaps needing God. And, and some needs there must, must be met. Some needs of those people must be met. And sometimes their need is Christ. And you have Christ and I have Christ. Why don't we go there to meet those needs? You see, that is caring for our neighbor. That is loving and charitable to our neighbor. The heavenly citizen is one who is charitable towards his neighbor. And in and Mark chapter 12, verse number 13. Mark 12, verse 13. And they sent unto him certain of the Pharisees and the Herodians to catch him in his words. And when they were come, they said to him, Master, we know that thou art true and cares for, for no man, for thou regardest not the person of man, but teachest the way of God in truth. Is it lawful to give tribute to Caesar? 
And, and again, uh, these people are just trying to catch the, the Lord Jesus Christ. And then uh, later on, as we go along with that, you will find that these people really, um, they do not love. They have no love for their neighbors. Uh, they are just trying to um, suffice, I mean, to, to uh, get themselves uh, the appetite of their uh, rhetorics and also their religion. And they, they, they countered uh, the Lord Jesus Christ's uh, word. And verse number 31, go down straight to verse number 31 to that. It says, and, and, and verse 30, verse number 30, it says, and, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and, uh, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than this. And again, um, this is about the Lord Jesus Christ uh, trying to convince uh, that, that um, lawyer, that, that uh, man that, seek, that seeks to know God, uh, that um, we have to be charitable. We have to love, not just ourselves. And, and that man um, is rich materially, but he doesn't have that um, riches in heaven because um, he, he loves only himself. Any person that loves himself will be poor in the sight of God. If you only love yourself, you cannot prosper in the things of the Lord. Because um, what God wants in us is um, to help others. 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 Uh, others first. Others, Lord. Yes, others. Let this my motto be. Help me to live for others that I might live like thee. And again, in, um, in telling about, uh, talking about the neighbors, the Lord continued here uh, that he wants us to be, you know, has this, have this character of swift to hear, slow to speak. Minimize, you know, talking bad things about our neighbor. If not, eradicate all of them together. But also, listen. Listen what your neighbor needs so that you may be able to attend to their needs. And this is what James um, said in James chapter 1, verse number 19. James 1, 19 Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. This is exactly what God wants in that kingdom. This is what we need to say about those people. Swift to hear. We must be slow to speak about them. Especially when it's going to be disastrous to their reputation or uh, things that can destroy them. You know, uh, as a pastor, I've experienced a lot of people confessing to me things that I cannot share. I cannot share to people because I promise to the person. When, when the person conf confides uh, his, uh, something in his life, you must be a person that is trustworthy in that. And I thank the Lord that people will trust me. 
I thank the Lord if people will confide things in you, keep it, keep it to yourself. Because if he, he, if the person asks you to keep it to yourself, unless if the person will agree, can I share this to my wife so that both me and my wife can pray? And the person will say yes, and so, sometimes the person will say no, because sometimes maybe uh, to, 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 to the person, it's, uh, he, 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 he lacks the, you know, the, um, not, not uh, the confidence, but rather um, he's not comfortable with so many people will learn about his situation, what he needs and what he asks from me, perhaps, it's just a pray. Pray for his need. Pray for this particular thing. And, and with that, we, sh- we ought to thank the Lord. Lord, thank you for allowing me to have the uh, opportunity to pray for this brother, for this sister. Lord, help me that um, through, through my prayer, uh, th- this person can be uh, relieve of, of things that that troubled the person. So again, there are people that will confide their problems to you, and honor it. If they wa- if they don't want that to be shared to other people, honor it. You have to honor it because it is a privileged information. It is not your right. It is a privileged information. And at least you can be trusted, even on the most, um, um, you know, um, uh, things that that is not really appropriate for the public to know. That is why, again, we we, we know we learn a lot of things from people. But when these people will will give confidence to uh, to you as a pastor or Sunday school teacher or whatever, hold that very very. Um, you know, preciously or value that because your position is God-given and you are not in the business of sharing it to people uh, that is not um, um, allowed by the person uh, concerned. And you see, slow, swift to hear, very quick and understand it. Listen and understand it and after that, slow to speak. Do not divulge it. Do not divulge whatever is uh, spoken to you in confidence because uh, that is what God uh, is placing you there. But all you need to do is pray. I might say and ask someone, I said, okay, brother, can you pray for this person? Uh, Please just pray. Just pray for him. Without elaborating what's, what's in there and what's the need, just mention this person in your prayer. You see, this is what God wants. This is what you know. Um, um, what what God wants uh, in His people to be reliable in this. Leviticus chapter nineteen, verse number sixteen. Leviticus chapter nineteen, verse number sixteen. Thou shalt not go up and down as a talebearer among thy people. Neither shalt thou stand against the blood of thy neighbor. I am the Lord. When when God said that I am the Lord, remember that. Any wrong, you know, and, and, and wrong motives in here, the Lord will, will, will deal with you. The Lord will deal with us. You know, that's why we know a lot of things and people that we do not say. We do not say to anyone because it's, it can maybe destroy the relationship if it is known. So we put, you know, a stop to that 
from our end, stop it because it's not helpful. It is not helpful to be known. But we are there to help pray because that's all we can do. Help pray. And again, in the ministry, it's like that. Because where can these people go if they cannot trust any one of us in the church? Where can they go? Can they go to the priest and give their confessions? They come to us because they believe that um, we, we can help them in prayer. And they, they trust that we will not divulge um, important information in their lives. And again, um, do not divulge your information. If you are not confident, just keep it to yourself and you know, uh, ask someone to pray for you without saying what, what is your problem. But God knows your problem and just uh, if you are not confident to share your problem. So again, for Christian people, let us be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to run. In in Look at this here in uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse number 11. The Bible says that the talebearer is likened to a fiddler who goes from house to house selling his wares. And this is the kind of people that God doesn't want to any of us. Because it is very solemn. Very solemn. The Bible says, so we hear that there are some which talk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. They have no other business in life but talking about other people's lives. And they are very updated to someone's um, um, whatabouts and whereabouts. No, we have other business to do, and we are busy with our own problems. We have problems to solve ourselves. And these people, you know, if they are not showing or, or, or giving you um, details of their problems, so, so be it. Let them uh, keep, keep it to themselves. But do not talk about them. Do not talk about them. You have no business talking about them. We will learn this. We, you will learn this in the ministry because there are a lot of people, of varied people, varied problems, and um, each and every person has his own problem. And again, uh, we have no business uh, talking um, about these people's lives to other people that's not necessary to talk about. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse number 13. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 13. And without they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but tattlers also, and busybodies, speaking things which they ought not. Things that, you know, they just hear from, they overheard someone and then spread the rumors around. That is not right for any Christian to do. So again, if you hear something by accident, do not say it because that is not your position to speak it. But you have the opportunity to pray about it. You have the opportunity to heal, to, to mend and to, uh, to help rather than, you know, fuel the fire. That is us. That is our characters uh, as Christians. That is what God has, uh, you know, uh, placed in our lives. We are charitable towards our neighbors. We are charitable towards one another. 
in in First Timothy chapter five, verse number thirteen. Uh, we are that's what we are reading. Uh, Psalm um, one hundred forty-one, verse number three. Psalm one hundred forty-one, verse three. Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. And that is a good prayer. Amen. Let us watch that. It's not, you know, we are not perfect in, in here. Uh, we can say something, whether out of, you know, eagerness to divulge information, but we pray that we will be a people um, that is trustworthy with information and that we, we will not be part of anything of this, being busybodies and minding other people's business. And solve your problem and pray for one another. That's what we need to do. This is the characteristics of a person that is going to be there in that holy hill. A person that will dwell in God's habitation. Another thing, the heavenly citizen is one who is careful of his friendships. He is careful of his friendships. Again, go back to chapter 15 of the book of Psalm, verse number 4. This tells us in the first part of verse number 4 that, again, we can see there the negative and the positive description of the right kind of companions to have. We have the good companions and we can, we can have a bad companions. Uh, he said, in whose eyes a vile person is contempt, but uh, he honoreth them that, are, that, that fear the Lord. He that sweareth to his own herd and changeth not. And you see here, we are constantly surrounded by worldly people and ungodly people, but at the same time, we are surrounded by godly people too. There are people in our surrounding that are good. There are people in our surrounding that fear the Lord. But again, more people in our surrounding are ungodly, worldly. And with those kind of people, mark them. Mark them. Do not make bosom friends with them. Do not make, you know, close friendship with those people that do not love the Lord. Stay away from them if possible. Be with them to share the gospel and beyond that, step back. Do not make them like your bosom friend as if you are your brothers and you are very close as if you are you're, you're, you're connected to each other in, in, uh, in a close relationship. But they hate the Lord. They hate the work of God. They hate Christ. They hate the church of Christ. They hate... Uh, things about God, they, they don't like the Bible, they don't want to, to talk about God. Why why you have a business or any business with them? If that is their, you know, atmosphere when, we, when you come together. So again, we have to be very, very um, um, observant and we have to be very selective of our companions. The companions, the right kind of companions that we can have. And again, we cannot be we cannot be true to God at the same time uh, we court the friendship of ungodly people and we court the friendship of the world system uh, in our lives because it cannot be done. There is no way that 
you can mingle God together with this. Worldly way and mingle God with that, it cannot be done. Ungodly people and, and, and godly, and godly uh, um, surrounding and mingle God with that, it cannot be done. There cannot be worship, I mean, friendship uh, with worldly things and, and the things of the Lord. Because God hated that kind of friendship. The friendship of the world, God said in, in James chapter 4, verse number 4. The friendship of the world is enmity. Enmity with God. Notice that. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. That is a very strong uh, statement there from the Lord. God will not tolerate that. We tolerate that. That is why God is speaking. No, I don't want you to go with that. And because, oh, okay, Lord, you said that. Okay, I will step back. But if we don't listen to God, that means we want to, uh, you know, espouse ourselves to that friendship that God disallowed. And that is where you are going or you're putting yourself, placing yourself an enemy of God. And you cannot win against the Lord. And that is the last thing that the person should do. Placing himself in the position being an enemy of God. Because you are making friendship with the world and you are making an enemy with God. You see, why God knows this because how can... How bad can, can the influence of a bad friend? It is a very, very dangerous thing. When you have a friend, and it is a bad friend, you're done. You're finished. On the other hand, if you have a friend, and he's a good friend, wow, what an influence of a good friend can have. It is a blessing. It's a lifetime blessing. You know, all your life, you will, you will be blessed because your friend is a good friend there was this great man a great man was asked the reason for his success and you know what he answered what, what his answer was he just replied well i had a friend you know sometimes when people around us there are good people around us and we listen to those good people those advices and counsel of those good people will last you know um, in many many years you will look back because of that friend of mine that friend of mine and his counsel that so a lot of people successful people they are successful because they just happen to have a friend a good friend now, in contrast to that, in contrast, if you remember the name by uh, a person by the name of Amnon, Amnon was David's son, and Amnon was destroyed. He was destroyed. Why? The same answer. In heaven, we might ask Amnon, Amnon, why were you destroyed? You know what's going to be Amnon's answer? He will say the same word. Because I had a friend. It's only because he has a friend. 
Where is that in the verse? In, in, um, did you find it? Okay, let's take a look at this person named Amnon. Um, Okay. Second Samuel chapter 13 verse number 3 Notice this This is the time before Amnon raped his sister Tamar He fell in love with his sister And you know there was this subtle advisor Cleaver Clever guy, very clever. And sometimes be careful with the clever cleverness of an advisor because sometimes they may be clever in the wrong way. But Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shimei, David's brother. And Jonadab was a very subtle man, clever, crafty. But you know what? What? What is? What is done here? If Jonadab did not arrive in the life of Amnon, perhaps his life will not be destroyed. But because Jonadab was there, he is done. He is finished. Notice the word. The rich man was asked, what's the reason of your success? Because he said, because I had a friend. Then Amnon was destroyed. Why Amnon you are destroyed? Because I had a friend. But Amnon had a friend. But what a blessing if, if, if your friend is a godly friend. What a blessing it is if you are the ones beside Amnon and advise Amnon and give Amnon, Amnon, this is a wrong feeling. This is satanic. This is not godly. And if you are not careful about this, Amnon, you will be destroyed. At least to give Amnon, you know, a, a, a kind of thinking different from what's the advice of Jonadab. You see, how bad can be the influence of a bad friend? It can destroy lives. It can destroy careers. It can destroy future. How good can be the influence of a good friend? You see, friends are crucial. Do not take it for granted. Young people, do not take it for granted. If you see someone comes to our church and he comes because he likes you or she likes you, that is a wrong, that is a red flag. It's okay to like someone in the church, but it should be the first consideration of coming to church is the Lord. Not because you are eyeing someone to take away with you. It is a wrong thing. And that is devilish. That is not right. If you become a friend of someone who doesn't love the Lord because that someone will never love the Lord that person will always be like that it cannot change if he got what he got 
It cannot change. You see, friends are crucial. Do not allow that, you know, uh, you will be taken by a friend, by someone that is, that is not loving the Lord. I suggest that you make friends with God's children. And not just ordinary God's children. Oh, they are, they are God's children now. God's children that love the Lord. Yeah. The heavenly citizen is one whose word is his bond. When you say it, put your signature because that's it. He always keeps his promises. This person is absolutely trustworthy. And sometimes maybe we fail, you know, especially with our children. <laughs> I, we can promise our children and, you know, they will try their best to keep their part of the promise. And then on our part, we have no intention really of, you know, giving that because we think that ah, they, he cannot fulfill his part. And oh, lo and behold, <laughs> our, our children can, did their best. You know, I was not supposed to offer Polly freedom of phones. <laughs> I thought that she could not make it, and she did. <laughs> so I had no way of retracting my words. I could retract, really. I can say, okay, Polly, I, I, was, I was not really serious about those things. And uh, from now on, you know, give your phone to your mom. But... You know, we are a people whose word is our bond. We take care of our word. Take care of our yes. Take care of that. And let us keep our word. And rather, breaking our promise, we will allow ourselves to be on the losing end. You know, my worry really, you know, when I deal with my children, my worry is not really that I am a killjoy dad and, and sometimes I feel I am, but uh, I'm not really a killjoy dad. My, my worry is I don't want my children to, even she, Paul is already 18 years old, I don't want her to get indulged into uh, getting her freedom and and, and, and meet people online and talk to strangers there. And even if those people that they talk to in the, in, in, in the uh, Facebook or whatever, or, and they seem that she, she knows maybe the person, but you know who knows that's the real person? Who knows? And my, our children, are sometimes they're very young and they're making things. Uh, they're 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 uh, so easily um, maybe fooled by by people, and I don't want that. That in the end of that they will be hurt. In the end they will be disadvantaged. Me as a father, I will step in there. I'll make sure that my children, when they get into friendship or whatever, I don't want them to get hurt in the end, and I don't want others also will will get hurt because. They are making something or, or making decisions on something that perhaps I would not allow them to do. So again, in either way, I don't want my children to 
um, to hurt other people and to be hurt themselves. So that is why I step in there. And sometimes I will raid their rooms. I will raid their rooms and, and search just like that, you know, the NBI um, searching the house. Check, check, check. Oops. Anything is hiding here? I will check. Uh, sometimes I will surprise them. Oh, show me your messages. I will check the messages. And I have a child that's so hard to, to give their... Sam, it's so hard to, to get the messages. Why, what are you hiding? <laughs> what are you hiding? Look at this. My phone. All of you knows my password. And I do not know Jinky's password. I do not know Sam's password. They are hiding from me. And I don't hide from them. This is unfair. <laughs> this is unfair. I have nothing to hide. Not yet. <laughs> it's too late you know, to hide those things. You know. Done, gone all the days that you know, we have foolishness by God's grace. But we don't want our children to get hurt. And that is the thing there. I want them to enjoy. I'll tell you, I want them to enjoy. I want them to have some fun. But not to the point that they will get hurt in the end. Heavenly citizen is one who is merciful in his dealings. Be merciful. Verse 5, it's telling us this. He that putteth not out his money to usury, nor taketh reward against the innocent, he that doeth these things shall never be moved. Be merciful in your dealings. Someone cannot pay you back. Just forgive the person. Forgive. Just be very generous. Oh, I love the character of Brother Charles. I love his character. Brother Charles may be not like me. We are not the same in our belief in things. But one thing that I can vouch of that man... Brother Charles is a generous man. I have not seen a person as generous as Brother Charles. He puts that in his heart. He, he, he keeps on talking to me and things and all of what he doesn't like and what he likes. But there are things that I learned from him. He said, in his dealing, he strives to be, to be a blessing. That is his foremost consideration in his dealings that he would be a blessing that he will be as generous as he can be to anyone that's why he, he goes out this is really a, a, a striking thing to me because when I go out I go, especially in the Philippines um, I had I had this trait I had this trait from my dad my father my father will go to the market and will say oh, how much is this uh Okay, this uh, 15 pesos. Okay, uh, can you give this to me for 10 pesos? That the the, the 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 person said, no, 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 no. Okay, he, he goes to another person and to buy. Can I have this for uh, 10 pesos? And he will just ask for a big discount. My father will always like, you know, strangle the, 
those people who are selling things. He doesn't want to pay the right price. He wants always a discount. And I got that thing. I, I, I learned how to negotiate. <laughs> and, and, and as much as I can, I will pay the lesser amount I can possible. And I love it because you know I can I can I can have a good deal every time I had a deals in the Philippines. But I regret it when I learned when I knew Brother Charles. I regret doing that because in his mind he said to me, "You are depriving these people of a good life. You are depriving these people of their food. Give it to them." In fact, he will pay more. And people will be astonished when he goes out shopping in the Philippines. He will pay more than... We know already in the market, they just jack up the price. We know that. That's why maybe my dad will go down because he knows even if they will sell it half the price, they still have money. And my dad understands that. That's why he goes deep down in his negotiation. But Brother Charles now, how much is that? Then when I went, when I was with them, I asked for the price. Brother Adrian, when you are with me, do not ask for the price. <laughs> I was embarrassed. <laughs> I was embarrassed. That was Philippines. And I said, wow, this man. But it's okay because it doesn't hurt them. It, it doesn't hurt him. Even if he pays for something like 10 pesos and he will end up paying 15 pesos, he will end up paying 20, 25 it doesn't hurt him. But that is good to these people. He is very merciful in his dealing. You see, that's why maybe God has blessed him and, and just um, you know, multiply his blessing. God's people should never make unjust gains. Especially as such a course can only be taken at someone else's expenses. Let us not go in that direction. That is why it's not in the Bible, but gambling is wrong. You cannot see that in the Bible to be a bad thing. But we know it. That is unjust gains. It is Ethically, morally, and spiritually wrong. And therefore, because it is wrong in the sight of God, it is wrong in the sight of the Christian. You see, we have a lot of things. But what God really wants in us is be merciful. Be merciful. If we can afford the upfront price, then do not ask for discount. Just to help the person also that's selling something. Let us help these people. And you see, we will never go wrong if we help. And that is um, what, what God is speaking to the heart of Charles all the time. Now, in conclusion to this, the last phrase of the book of Psalm chapter 15 verse number 5 he that doeth these things shall never be moved 
you will never be in that disadvantage. If people will, will take advantage on you, but in the end, you will never be in a disadvantage. Because God will help you in the future. Be merciful. Always, you know, think of the things of the Lord. Not the things of the world. Let's bow our heads and pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for the lessons tonight. Thank you, Father, that you have given us this view and these characteristics of the citizens of heaven. Thank you, Lord, that you, will, you, you taught us tonight about being merciful, being kind, and with our words, with our tongue, and with our treat, uh, treatment to, the, to our neighbors, Lord, sometimes we fail in many of these aspects. But Lord, thank you for tonight. We, we trust and we believe in your word. We strive, Lord, to follow you. We strive to obey you. We change our ways if it is what you want. Because, Lord, we would rather... Um, be placed in a disadvantage and and got your favor rather than taking advantage on other people and we gain a little and we have no favor uh, in your eyes and Lord that is something that will eventually put us in a disadvantage in the future Lord please help us to realize this help us Lord to strive help us to be generous to one another Help us, Lord, that we will deal with one another kindly and we will deal uh, with one another in light of uh, the characteristics uh, where you have given us tonight. And thank you, Lord, for your goodness once again. Thank you for your love towards us. Thank you for teaching us your ways. And Father, uh, continue to work in our lives and bless us throughout this week. And bless us, Lord. Um, the activities that we have throughout this week, we pray that you will be part of it. Every aspect of our activities, Lord, you will be part of it. And we, uh, Lord, uh, look forward to your blessing. And we thank you, Lord, for speaking to us tonight. And I pray that we can apply this in our lives. In Jesus' name, we pray all these things. Amen. Jesus, keep me near the cross. Jesus, keep me near the cross. Probably not the name of it. I don't have it up right now. Could be why I can't find it in the book. <laughs> Near the cross. First one, ready, sing. Jesus, keep me near the cross. There are precious fountains. Free to all a hearing stream. Flow from the 